Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. See, if you yet have not turned your life over to God, your future is not good. It's going to be separated from God forever. You see, unlike many of the Eastern religions that say you'll keep coming back to get it right and right and right and right, or other people that say when you die, it's it, you go on the ground, it's over with, it's finished. No, that's not true. The Bible says after death comes judgment. God knows each of our futures, good, hopeful, and prosperous. If you're not a Christ follower, that's not true for you. Do you believe that there is life continued after our life on this earth? Scripture teaches us that when our time on this earth is finished, there is a judgment coming. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that the only way to score well on God's judgment and spend eternity with Him is to place your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It can be easy to get caught up in the cares and worries of this world and completely forget the fact that our time here is temporary and merely a stepping stone to eternity. Do you have the hope and assurance today that you will spend forever with Jesus in heaven? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, See the End of the World. Let's turn in our Bibles. We're going to be in about three or four different places. Initially, you can turn to the book of Isaiah, middle of the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 46. Then we're going to be in Genesis, and then we're going to be in Matthew. If I mention to you today the word future, what would come to your mind? If you went next door and talked about that word, for most of us, future has to do with everything that's right here. It's the here and now. It's our home. It's our college. It's our education. It's our kids. For me, the grandchild, another one, and soon. And it's maybe your business, or maybe you got laid off next week, and that's our future. But we rarely think about what the future really is. Many years ago, a man by the name of Charles Kettering said this. You'll see it. We should be concerned about the future because we will have to spend the rest of our lives there. Oh, yes, we pay attention to today. But the future is huge. Well, back in 1943, the chairman of IBM He thought he knew the future. Here was his statement the year I was born, 1943. The chairman of IBM, he said this, I think in the world market, there may be room for five computers. 
That's pretty perceptive, isn't it? Well, anybody here remember a corporation called DEC, Digital Computer Maker? Some of you that are older did. When I was in hospital pharmacy, we worked with Digital, which was up uh, equipment corporation up in Boston area. And we worked with them and developed a hospital pharmacy system that we sold nationwide. Well, the president of that, in 1977, great computers, here's what he said. There's no reason anyone would ever want a computer in their home. By the way, DEC is out of business a long time ago. Shouldn't surprise you. And maybe in the holidays you'll be in the mall and you'll walk by a cookie store. Well, a consultant to corporations putting in little cookie stores and fast food places, here's what they said. A cookie store, first of all, is a bad idea. Besides, the market research says Americans only like crispy cookies, not softer, chewy cookies like you make, Mrs. Fields. (laughs) Hello? And maybe somebody you would think really knows the future. I mean, his name would come to mind when you hear me say it. You'll think, well, definitely knows it. Bill Gates. I mean, if anybody knew the future, he would know the future. 1981, here's what he said. Memory for a computer? I can't envision more than 640K. It'll be enough for everybody. Wow. What did we discover? Man doesn't know the future. No matter how wise, they don't know the future. You and I don't know the future. Well, that's not new. The wisest man in the Bible, well, 3,000 years ago, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes 8-7. Since no man knows the future, who can tell him what is to come? Well, Pastor Mark, if you're going to teach on the future and here's the end of the world, there it is. How dare you if no man knows? No, no man knows. But God knows. And so we're able to, today, as you've turned to Isaiah chapter 46, be reminded of some principles that are huge. Isaiah 46 verse 9, God speaking, remember the former things, those of long ago, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I, God... Make known from the end, the end from the beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. Notice, to study the future, I didn't ask you to get Gene Dixon's book out. I didn't have one of the little trash papers when you go to Publix and check out on the line and here's all the weird things that's supposed to have happened. No, to know the future, you just turned, whether in Vieira or in your home on the internet or here in Melbourne, you turned to the Bible. Why? Understand today that, well, Christianity and the Bible are unique. You will not find any other religion any other book or any person who can predict the future perfectly. Only 
God. First thing I want you to write today is this. Only God knows, and here's the huge part for us, and reveals the future. You see, if God didn't reveal the future, we'd be in the dark. But prophecy is like a light. It tells us about the future. So the future is settled. It's not open to change. Everything we need to know about our future and the future of the world is in the pages of this book. Now, turn back a few books to the book of Psalms. Psalms 139. Vieira, Psalms 139. David will speak. You see, it's one thing to know about the future of the world, what you're going to be reminded of today. But I'm kind of a selfish person. I'd like to know a little bit about my future. Well, God speaks to that as well. It's not just this worldwide picture. Psalm 139, go down to verse 13. The psalmist speaking, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Now my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, speaking about the mother's womb, obviously, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. So before you were born, God planned the details of their lives, of your life. He planned your today. He planned your tomorrow. And God planned your future. That's incredible. Now, To know what that looks like, you might say, well, if God planned it, what can I expect in my future? Well, there's two aspects of that. On the overhead is a verse you well know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So there's only one person that can understand That their future is good. Well, who is that? That's a person that's a Christ follower. See, if you yet have not turned your life over to God, your future is not good. It's going to be separated from God forever. You see, unlike many of the Eastern religions that say you'll keep coming back to get it right and right and right and right, or other people that say when you die, it's it, you go on the ground, it's over with, it's finished. No, that's not true. The Bible says after death comes judgment. God knows each of our futures, good, hopeful, and prosperous. If you're not a Christ follower, that's not true for you. And at the end of the service, I'll give you an opportunity for you to get on the right road. You see, well, Pastor Mark, why should I study about the future and my future? I'm just concerned with today. No, 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 no. Why should you study about the future? Because you're going to spend the rest of your life there. Very often, we don't 
even think about that. You see, where I spend eternity and how I do it, I have this mentality that's more centered right here. Oh, we'll see that very clearly in our scripture. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23, first book, New Testament. Jesus speaking to the Jewish leadership. He's finished his eight woes. And he makes a statement that Jesus is going to have to clarify in a moment. Matthew 23, 38. Jesus says this. Look, your house. Speaking about the Jewish temple. Your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again. That word again is future. It's future. You will not see me again. Until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Jesus says to these people, I know the future. First of all, he says, I know that the temple is going to be destroyed. It's going to be desolate. And then Jesus says, but I know my future too. You haven't accepted me as a Messiah, but one day you will. Wow. You mean the... Do you mean, Pastor Mike, the Jewish people will one day say to Jesus, blessed are you, the Messiah? Yes. Has that happened? No. Will it happen? Absolutely. It's promised. It's in the future. So as we open chapters 24 and 25, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. So this teaching is called the Olivet Discourse. It's very common. It's very powerful. And it's all about the future. Say with me this morning, the future. The future. It's all about the future. Now, what is the future? And here's where I have to give you a little disclaimer so that you'll begin to think about this. In prophecy, when we look at the future, most of us don't understand the key players to look at. So, We're going to see as we move through this this morning, three things very easily as we go through. Look at chapter 24, verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples, uh aha, so now it's different. This is a private teaching with his disciples. When his disciples came up to him to call attention to its buildings, Jesus said, do you, circle this word, do you see? All these things. Jesus leaves the temple area. He goes east to the Mount of Olives. The full view of Jerusalem was there. And there was this incredible temple. That's what the disciples were looking at. In fact, Mark and Luke says this, that the disciples say, Teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what a wonderful building. Why would they say that? Well, as they were on the Mount of Olives looking out at this temple... It was known in those days as an architectural wonder of the world. Some of the stones measured 40 feet by 12 by 12, and they weighed 100 tons. For those of us that have been there, this wasn't one one building. It was many buildings. Of course, we haven't been to the temple. You're going to see in a moment the temple was destroyed. In fact, we don't know exactly where it even was. But in those days, Herod had been adding and adding and adding to the building. It was absolutely incredible. The Bible, Josephus tells us that when the sun would come on 
those white, massive stones of granite, and gold was all over. It would just shine everywhere. So as they walk and leave the temple, and it's, it's amazing, the disciples, and they say to Jesus, hey, look at, look at that. Amazing, isn't it? Well, the disciples are focused on one thing, the building, the temple, its beauty. But Jesus uses an interesting word. I ask you to circle. He says, do you see all these things? That word see very often can mean perception. It can mean understanding. You see, the disciples were focused on the now, the transient beauty of the temple right before them. But Jesus wasn't talking about that. He wanted them to see eternal things, future things. If you get this next principle that you write down, here it is. Studying biblical prophecy gives us an eternal perspective. You see, I rarely have an eternal perspective. I rarely think about my death or heaven or hell. I'm too tied up with all the stuff of today. Anybody here like me in this building? Anybody? Anybody? Good. Now, if you're out there and you always think about your death and you need a little help too, we got antidepressants for you, we can cast the devil out of you, there's a lot of things we can do for you. Now, I don't mean I'm focused on my death, but very often we don't think. You see, we think we're going to live forever. We're not going to live forever. I can go into McDonald's and ask for a senior coffee. Because <laughs> I'm over 60. Some of you can't do that. You've got to pay full price. There's some benefits. I'm my way to my grave. I can have coffee. <laughs> I won't ask today, but it'd be interesting how many of us thought about heaven this week. See, we don't do that. We're thinking of the building, the kids, the building, the business, the job, the, the environment, the neighborhood. But Jesus says, watch me. He says, I want, I want you to look at the world. I want you to see the whole world. See, some of us never leave Brevard County. He says, I want you to look at the whole world. And for the future, you're looking and focusing on the wrong thing. There's nothing permanent, Jesus was saying, about the earth. So as we study prophecy, it's good for me. Look back at verse 2. Do you see all these things, he asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone here, speaking of the temple, will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus sat, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming? End of the age. End of the age. I think it's interesting. The disciples asked Jesus three questions. You mean the temple's going to be destroyed? When is that going to happen? Now remember, the disciples are looking at the temple, and they're talking here about the kingdom of God, and they think Jesus isn't going to the cross. They still don't get it. They think he's getting ready right now, shortly, to set up his kingdom. Remember, they said, who can be on the right? Who can be on the left? They have nothing about the future. Their future is the next few months, maybe even a year or two. When are you going to set it all up? 
Well, Jesus is going to have to say, no, that, it's not going to be there. So these three questions they ask, number one, when's, when's the temple going to be destroyed? When's that going to happen? Number two, what will be the sign of your coming? In other words, what supernatural event will, will cause you to set up your kingdom? Is there something that we can look for? And number three, what about the end of the age? When will this world as we know it be done with? Well, I think it's interesting that Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. Now, I'd like to say to you today that Jesus knew a lot about the future, but he didn't know some things. As we move along in chapter 24, you'll understand there's a scripture that says, even Jesus didn't know the hour or the day. Only God did. But Jesus knew a lot. You know what? He's standing on the Mount of Olives, and he's giving this Olivet Discourse. In a few weeks, he'll rise from the Mount of Olives after his death, burial, and resurrection right into heaven. And the Bible says in Zechariah, he's coming back to the very same mountain, his second coming. So these three questions, who has the answers? When will the temple be destroyed? What will be the sign of your coming? What about the end of the world? Is there such a thing? When will it come? Chapters 24 and 25, where we're right in the middle of, just starting, have all three answers. Let me show you, for you to write down today, three keys. Three things that you want to focus on as we move through here. These are the questions that they ask. Number one, what about the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple? They ask, when will it happen? Well, that was a prophecy. Jesus knew it was going to be destroyed. It was. 70 AD, it was destroyed. Totally. Titus, the Roman, worked for the Roman government. He came in his armies, and there's a little debate, but some people believe it was really destroyed by accident. They took over the whole city, Rome did, Jerusalem, killed thousands and thousands of Jews. As they did that, they said someone maybe shot an arrow into the building. Well, building in stone, arrow, flaming arrow, what's the big deal? Well, it hit gold. Gold melted. Gold began to melt. Building caught on fire. All the temple caught on fire. And the gold just melted in every little crack and crevice. Remember, Jesus said not one stone would be left on another. Who would who'd go after undoing stones. They didn't have bombs. They didn't have explosives. Well, they had men and women that liked gold. And so when it went between every block, they just took every block apart, every little thing apart, and scraped all the gold out. So that prophecy was fulfilled perfectly in 70 AD. Finished. Done with. They asked two other questions. You see them. When will the return of Jesus be? When are you going to come back to set up your kingdom? Now, for us, we believe there's a rapture and a second coming involved with that, not just the second coming. That's still pending. And then the end of the world. Obviously, that's still pending. It hasn't happened yet. It is going to happen. Now, let me give you an illustration of a couple things. When you see the second one, the rapture and the second coming, there are Christians that differ on the way end-time events take place. We should all be concerned about the future because we will have to spend the rest of our lives there. Today, Pastor Mark used this quote from Charles Ketterling to motivate listeners to live with an eternal mindset. As a Christ follower, an eternal mindset should not spark fear within us, but hope and peace for what's to come. We can know that God has everything under control and that his timing for everything is perfect. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Is it wise to study biblical prophecy if Jesus said we won't know the exact time of His coming? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will encourage believers to be watchful for prophetic events because this helps us live with an eternal mindset. Scripture does give us some hints to look out for in regards to the end times. Don't neglect your focus on the present day, but be sure your life is purposed after the future that's coming. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.